0: Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I am so pumped for today's guest, Brad Jensen, Vice President of Sales for Motivocity, is one of our very rare repeat guests. Now, for those of you that have been around for a long time, you probably already remember him. For those of you that are new to the show, Brad first joined me on the show three years ago in episode 16 of our podcast. It It was almost three years to the day. He was doing really exciting things back then with this company called Motivocity. And in the last three years, what he's accomplished is nothing short of of amazing. Motivocity has had the kind of growth that makes anyone in business stop and turn their head. They provide an award-winning recognition platform that helps people be happier at work. They help companies of all sizes worldwide improve company culture and engagement. And they're growing so fast and are scooping up awards at such a pace that I would use all of our times if I tried to detail all the awards they've scooped up with on that list, okay? So I'm not going to. You're going to figure out why as you listen to Brad here in a second. Now, I can tell you this with confidence because Brad is one of the people I've known for a long time. I'm not even going to talk about how long I've known Brad, okay? He's a fantastic sales leader. He's someone I have a ridiculous amount of respect for as a coach. I learn from him every single time I speak with him. And while his work with his team is something each of us can learn from. What I appreciate even more is that Brad's one of the greatest, most authentic people you'll ever meet. You're in for a treat today. I've been wanting to get him back on the show because he helps leaders solve a problem that's never been more important or more meaningful than it is right freaking now. So Brad, my man, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Let's go. Are you kidding me, (laughs) Jeff? Can I just take you everywhere (laughs) with me? Are you kidding me? What an introduction. I would love to be your hype man. You deserve it,
0: man. Um, (laughs) welcome it's good to have you back on the show oh, we, it's great to be back when you hit, were on with us before we were just this baby podcast now we got a worldwide audience we got thousands of listeners that are going to hear what you talk about and we are going to help people we're, we're going to make a make an impact on a lot of people today what we're going to talk about is going to be awesome what you do is awesome but more important like i said who you are brad i, I want to introduce you to everybody i can so
1: awesome well i appreciate that you you know that when we engage our conversations are always on um fire. So this, this yep. is going to be a really fun combo today.
0: So why don't we start um, by having you give an introduction on who Motivocity is and what you do for your customers. I'm going to skip the part on how you get in sales. I'm going to tell everyone, if you want to hear how Brad got involved in sales, go back to episode 16. It's a great story. Go listen to it, but I don't want to waste your time. Go listen to episode 16. But I do want everybody to hear what's up with Motivocity because that has changed
1: in three years. Yeah, no, I, I, I loved the intro. You gave a really great explanation of who we are and what we do. It's it's an employee engagement software. We do help employees be happy about being at work. You know, For the company, we help them create a culture of motivated employees. We help them increase their employee net promoter score. We help with retention. Our our customers experience a 52% increase in their ENPS scores and a 77% increase in their intent to stay. So we've got an incredible track record. We're, We're nine years in now. We're nine years in, That's and nuts. it's just incredible seeing what our customer's journey is, our retention rate, our revenue retention rate. Like, It's been a really fun ride, and the, the last three years have been, uh, yeah, like you said, nothing short of, of amazing. So yeah. a lot of things have fallen into place right now, and so there's, there's a lot of uh, things to attribute success to, but man, we're in, a, we're in the right place at the right time.
0: Well, you definitely are, because in a world where there's a lot of high growth companies you're standing out right now. You're like at the top of the table of these high growth awards. And so if our show is about bringing leaders of companies that are taking more than the market gives, you're that guy. So I'm, I'm pumped. Thanks for introducing us to Motivasi. Let's, let's dive into this topic because in the last 20 months, forget about things have changed in three years, Brad, (laughs) (laughs) the last year, like uh, 20 months might be too long, right? It's pretty long. Yeah. uh, It might be too long. Right. I mean, My, one of my very favorite statements in the history of our show came on episode one. Um, and, and, uh, Rob is awesome. And he said, it's not my job to motivate people. It's to create a world where the motivated can succeed and attract those people. I've never forgotten that one. Uh, Rob Beatty, uh, and, and, uh, I I think about that. Brilliant. You guys. yeah. Yeah. You guys hit that. Can we talk about how that role, what's changed in the world of motivation and, and for leaders in particular? Because I think that maybe it's even different now than it was when Rob said that a few years ago.
1: Yeah, I, I do as well. What, what's, what's tried and true and what he's spot on with that is the motivated are always going to find a way to succeed. Yeah. And I believe there's more opportunities for them to do that now more than ever. Um, but we have to embrace that. You know, as long as you and I have been around, we we've seen ebbs and flows in, you know, trends and and trainings and motivation and, and this and that. And I really love the environment today. I, I think the hybrid model is creating autonomy and ownership for for the motivated. Now, the flip side of that is that it can create escape for for those that, that aren't as motivated, but hopefully we've got you know good metrics in place that help shine light on that. You know, sooner rather than later. But for the motivated, like, I don't think there's a better time to win than right now. So as you think about this hybrid model of work from home versus, you know, in the office and the flexibility that that creates. I think those that are motivated have this unique opportunity today to really thrive, and, and we 've seen that in our organization i 've seen that for my friends in the in the space and and I love the model you know granted it prevent, it provides some some challenges for those that love that in person feel and you know dropping by companies in their offices and doing the in person thing yeah that that world is different today than, than it was but technology enables us to still create really incredible emotional connections uh, it gives us an opportunity to clarify and define what winning looks like so everybody has better clarity on on how they can win and those that are motivated i just think their environments are are more designed for success now and in their control than ever before i love that and so i want to before we dive into some of the lessons you've
0: learned because listen, all day, every day, you lead a growing team that's talking to sales leaders and other leaders worldwide about how do we help stop talking about this and actually build this. And so I want to get some of those insights because we got a lot of people who will will benefit from that. But before we do, like I'm sure everyone's seen the stuff, whether, you know, whatever your social media outlet of choice is, whatever your news outlet is. Some people called it the great resignation as recently mm-hmm. as a couple of days ago. I saw it as the great reshuffling because they're right. not leaving the workplace. But it's all time highs, man. People are leaving. When, when COVID hit, they held on for dear life. And then when things started opening up, people started shuffling you talk to people about that. Is that real? Is that something people should be thinking about? Can you share some insights to that and, and maybe deep, maybe personalize that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's good news and good news. Like it's, it's absolutely real. We just came back from the a national Sherm conference last month in Las Vegas. And there were 10,000 people there. So great to be in person. Like people were yeah. just chomping to, to be with with people again. And, uh, there were, there were a few trends and, and patterns. One, we heard that comment a lot. It was, it's, it's, it's not the great resi- resignation. People aren't leaving the market. They're just shifting. So the great shuffle is definitely more, more appropriate. So you've got a real unique opportunity to, de- to redefine or to reinforce what your culture is, what your core values are. And are your current team members aligned? And our, our job, one of our core values is love what you do. Mm. and if if our team members don't love what they do well, then let's help them find something that they can love what they do because if you don't love what you do they're not going to accurately represent your brand 100 and our, i think that matters
0: and, for sales maybe than other any other position by the way
1: yeah 100 percent because you can't hide that you can't hide how you feel about your organization so if you don't love what you do well then yeah you, you're, you're gonna move on and you should move on yeah so you know, our, our philosophy has always been, well, we only want people who love what they do to represent our brand. And if they don't, well, then, then let's help them find something else. So that sentiment is 100% accurate. It's It's out there and it's going to happen. So, leaders, you've got an opportunity here to, I guess, redefine, if you will, or or rally the troops around what are they passionate about? Are they aligned with your core values? Are they aligned with your brand and your brand message? Can they accurately represent you? And and do you want them, you know, out there in front leading leading that charge? Because that brand experience is so critical to the perception that that people have of you. You know, if you want to create an army of advocates out out in the marketplace, you need people who are jazzed about your brand. So I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. I think it's a great opportunity for us to recruit actually from people that maybe they don't feel aligned or they aren't as passionate about their brand as, as they were. And that that's our job as leaders. It's our job to help people be in love with what they do every day, every week, every month, every year.
0: I love it. Like when you started talking about that, you came back on fire, man. You like went up a notch. And so you're authentic about that. So I think that that's a really interesting thing I want to sit on for a minute. Our role as leaders is to help people be in love with their job. How do you freaking do that? Can you share some insights on how you do that?
1: Oh yeah. I I mean, I'm a big relationship guy Yep. and I, you know, I've, I have, I have team members who are way better at spreadsheets and, Analytics than, than I am. Yep. I read people really, really well. And in order for us as, as leaders to create that alignment, we have to know them. So you, you know me, like the one on one is the greatest mechanism on the planet to, to make sure that we're, you know, creating that clarity and alignment. But I think it's more important now than ever to really understand what, what drives an individual. What are they passionate about? Um, you, you've taught me a lot about, you know, passion factors and, and stress factors and, and like what, what are they passionate about and what are they stressed about? And if we don't know that as leaders, um, how can we help them love what they do? Mm. Are, are we creating alignment? So I think there's been, I don't think the role has changed as a leader, but maybe it's more relevant today. Do we know what really you know, creates passion for our team members? And, and do we try to create that uh, alignment and path for them that how our organization, how our mission and vision uh, is, is the right vehicle for them right now at this time? How do we help them personally?
0: So that's a good aha for everyone to listen to. It isn't that it's a new role. It's not new. Like we needed to be doing this, but how we do it's changed. So so I want to I get your take on something. Again, our listeners know we don't ever script this. You don't know I'm going to ask you this. I can't wait to ask you this because
1: uh,
0: <laughs> as you know, I, I coach a lot of people right now. I got a lot of people all around the world that I'm coaching. And I have lucky. These spot, those I have lucky these, people. Stop. <laughs> I have these five beatitudes. It's like a kind of a religious twist, the beatitudes of elite sales coaching. Okay. And, and beatitude number three is you got to be observational. And I think that if we don't, like too many people have tried to just read data reports and i I'll, Greek data doesn't lie, but it almost never tells the whole story either. And that's why I love that you go to the one-on-one. I have noticed in the last, call it 12 to 14 months, there is a lack of observational stuff happening right now. Yeah. There's a lot of people like yep. looking at reports, but we aren't creating enough observational stuff and if we don't have enough observational stuff, it's almost impossible for us to tie to the aspirational or be relevant in the situational side. Yeah, yep. So I'd love your talk take on that because I think that leaders, you say, hey, it's always been our role to be observational, but now we got to find new ways to do it. Is that an agree, disagree, different take?
1: Yeah, I, look, you don't get these gray hairs by by um, not <laughs> making mistakes and stepping right. on your tongue and tripping over yourself, and and I I have made so many mistakes o- over the years, and you know even this even this last year, I I think there's a generational gap between me and and a lot of my team, and uh, one one specific story, I, I wasn't yeah. really planning on sharing this, but I th- but I think it reinforces the, the point you know i i grew up on a farm in idaho and it's like when you when you get hurt it's like rub some dirt on it like we don't get right. sick we you know we we don't get days off it's like you get out and you and you work and so i've always just jokingly and a little flippantly over the years just you know make fun of people to get sick and it's like i don't get sick it doesn't happen to me and so it's like i'm more men- I'm, I'm mentally tough yep. and i made the mistake jeff of saying that to one of my team members you know who um got sick. It it wasn't with COVID, but he he just got sick. And I was like, dude, you got to be more mentally tough than that. It's like, you got to be like (laughs) me, man. And, and I got a note from him later explaining that um, he's battling depression and anxiety. And my statement um, totally belittled him and, and, and caused him to spiral. And that through his therapy sessions, he's, you know, he's trying to journal and confront some of those situations. And it's like, oh my gosh, I had no intention like I had no intent and no desire to do anything but to you know to laugh and to and to, and to be friends with and to build up and I did just the opposite. I wasn't aware of what mm. the guy was going through. And so when you talk about be observational it's like it's it's more than just what the eye can see like how are we probing how are we understanding what their mm. Life, personal life situation is because with this hybrid model and work from home, home influences their attitude. It influences their ability to engage. And if we don't know those things, I think we have to be more involved in their personal lives than we've ever been. Okay. I'm really
0: glad you said this. And I, I think this is a challenge for a lot of leaders. Um, I'm thinking of one of the people that I, I work with. Um, it's a company that you would know. Uh, One of the greatest guys you'll ever meet got some negative 360 feedback that um, we're disconnected from you. We don't think you get us. We don't think you have time for us. The litany of these kinds of things. And he got hammered. In fact, I Mm -hmm. got a call on it from the VP of the company asking me to be aware of this for the work that I was doing Mm -hmm. before he did. And we got on the one-on-one. He's like, well, they don't trust me. I was like, you got to remember, man, there's three kinds of trust. There's character. No one said anything about that. There's competency. No one thinks that you can't do the job because you are. That was what was causing the problem. Yep. They were missing their number. So he was outselling against them, basically. Mm. And, and then the third one is connection. That's the third C of trust. Yes. Connection. They don't have that connection trust. They don't have that belief that you have their best interests in mind. How important is connection in creating an environment where the motivated can succeed?
1: Even if you think you're doing a good job, you're not doing enough. Okay. Let, let me just restate that. Say even that again. You think, even if you think you're doing a good job today, people, you're not doing enough. Um, I, I think it's crazy how deliberate we have to be with that effort. You know, em, em, emotional connections create loyalty. And that's not just customer loyalty. That's, that's employee loyalty. And again, painful lessons learned. You, if you don't have uh, consistent processes for being deliberate and intentional with those connections, you think you're doing it, but I promise you, your team doesn't feel it. And I, I, again, pers- personal experiences and pain with this, you know, I've got th- multiple projects going on in different, you know, channels that we're, that we're trying to grow and, and, you know, takes a ton ton of effort and energy and so I've got all my you know attention devoted to growing this one segment of the business and you know I think I still have connections going on with with the other teams and same same kind of thing I you know fortunately I've got the relationship with the team that's like hey we feel disconnected man like can we can we grab lunch or or it feels like you've pulled away from the team like I think I'm doing a great job and i'm i'm not so i guarantee i'm not the only person in that boat i think i'm doing a good job and i'm i'm not i need to be more intentional so i don't have the exact answer for that man i just i just know that it takes tremendous um con- intentional control to say how am i making those connections now the one on one is is a structured mechanism yep. that allows that to happen and and I think that's where we can be the most consistent. However, during the week, you know, what are we doing to just out of the blue, make those make those personal and emotional connections. And so whether that's dedicated time, what I'm doing with my team, I've got a 30 minute window each week, I just blocked off that I'm just going to touch base, I'm just reaching out, I'm just making sure that I'm plugging in. And this is for my remote team and my on site team, well, in their hybrid model, and just trying to be really intentional about making sure I'm, I'm making a personal connection, nothing to do with work, mm. personal connections. We
0: could have a whole show just on this. And I think our people that would listen would be better off if you and I could learn from your thoughts on this connection, but because of time, I want to get into some other stuff. we yeah, I can't believe that. I, oh, I mean, I, I got to watch the clock cause I will lose track <laughs> of time with you. Uh, <clears throat> that idea of connects before you try to connect. Correct. That idea of like, I love what you said. Even if you think you've got enough, work harder at it. Yeah. Um, I, I I like that. I think that that's massively important. And I think we often assume, hey, we got this. You know, it's like, hey, I know their birthday. I know their kids' names. I know what's the anniversary date. I know who's sick and who isn't. I know all these things, but man, that's different than being situational as well. You know what I'm saying? And so, well,
1: and the problem, Jeb. not, sorry, I know I, know yeah, I need to move no, on, stay, but, go. but here's the problem is that every person's different. right? So, you know, I look at even parenting and there's so many parallel lessons in, in parenting and leading. Everybody knows that. But I look at, you know, my, my kids and I have one son, he'll gobble up every ounce of attention he can get from me and it's not enough, right? Yes. And I have others that are just that just need an occasional, you know, pat on the back and, and they're and they're golden they're good they're good to go and our team members are the exact same way so part of mm-hmm. that being observational is what what does that person need and some need a lot more than than others but if if we know our team we'll we'll know how to, to connect with them
0: i love that that's i'm glad you sat on this that's a great ad what do they need because their needs are different and, and so this yeah. is a perfect segue to where i was going to go so you guys do a great job helping people you know be motivated, be happy, uh, find fulfillment, finding, you know, become more engaged. What's the relationship between recognition and motivation? Is there a relationship?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, Harvard Business Review, Boston Consulting Group, Gallup, tons of data around this, that recognition is the number one element, the, the number one variable of employee satisfaction. Will you say that
0: again? That's a big statement. Let's make sure that's really clear.
1: Yeah. Being recognized for your work is the number one driver of employee satisfaction. Wow. There's a lot of variables, but being connected in the organization, having a good relationship with my manager, those those are the top three. But the number one is... Am I being recognized for my for my work? And that's one of the you know things that have that has evolved in workplace expectations. I love the new generation and, and how they're forcing companies to think about uh, recognition. You know, mm. our, our generation and before is like, do your damn job. You get a paycheck, so that's what you know. Just do we, your job.
0: We've had that conversation, you and I. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and and it's okay that that's not good enough anymore. Yeah. It's it's okay. I think they're forcing us to be better at just, you know, saying thanks. And so I mean our 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 tagline is you know, thanks matters. And that's that's one of the things that we're trying to brand and push out to the world is that we, you think you do a good job of saying thanks, but but we don't do enough of it. And so having a mechanism in place that operationalizes people saying thanks to each other, that's what our software does. You, you've said a couple of times, you guys do a good job of this. We don't do a good job of that. The peers in the trenches do a good job of it. Our software just facilitates like it. Okay. All we do is facilitate the gratitude.
0: Okay. So now we're getting into culture a little bit. I don't want to sit. I'll, I'll stay away from that before I go in there. Cause that's going to be another one that is, I think a big deal.
1: Sucks us in.
0: No, I like it. That's why you see me taking <laughs> notes and like thinking the circus. I want to stay on this relationship for a second because has it has the way that like you, you said before that people have different needs in terms of connection needs, right? Yep. Um, I'm going to guess that people have different recognition needs as well. Are there multiple ways that you do recognition? Is it important for us to have multiple ways? Is this something that people like our leaders, you got thousands of leaders listening right now, how much attention should they be giving to different ways of providing
1: recognition? Well, being observational, as, as you suggested, you, sh- you should know that it's not necessarily or ever one thing there's always multiple ways that that we can demonstrate and manifest appreciation. And some of it is peer to peer, and some of it is visible to everyone. And some of it is is private between you and your direct report. And some of it is handwritten. And some of it can be, you know, through the software, some of it is team activities, like there's a lot of different ways to make those emotional connections. So what, what I love about our software, if I could talk about that for just a minute, what, what I love about what our software enables people to do is it it allows people in the trenches who mm-hmm. see the day to day shine light on the, on all the good things and all the awesomeness that's happening around them and and managers have have a tough role right they they have a hard time catching all the good things because they're focused on problem solving or reports or analysis or what what whatever and they miss the the great things that happen on the daily. Well, that's where peer-to-peer recognition is so important because, because it gets mm. brought up and it gets noticed. And now managers have the ability to piggyback on that. And they have this mm. visibility that they haven't had before that enables them to make an emotional connection and say, hey, Jeff told me that you, you did this great job. And I saw that he said thanks to you publicly. And it's like, that's awesome. Great way to go. That ties to one of these priorities that you were working on. And so now managers are able to make connections to things that matter to the individual and to the company.
0: Okay, that's a really great insight. So a sales leader, let's just be aware, we won't see everything, but I want to sit down on this. So manager recognition, you've already talked about, that's one of the top, maybe the top driver of intent to stay with the company. How important and how meaningful and how weighty is peer recognition? Huge, huge. So we're missing the huge. boat. If you haven't built that in your company, you're missing a, an easy opportunity to
1: gain that, right? You're, you're missing the boat because that's where the volume, that's where the critical mass comes from. If you, if you want to incorporate a culture of motivated employees, you have to have peer-to-peer recognition because they're the ones that see it happen all day, every day. They're the ones that, that are, are saying thanks for, for going above and beyond. And that's what creates the visibility and awareness for everyone else to latch on to. Most companies feels... have. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. yeah. Traditionally, I mean, look, recognition isn't new. It's been around for decades. And you've right. got some of the behemoths in the space that, you know, these, these trophy companies or catalog companies that have made an incredible industry around mark- marking up stuff that gets passed out and collects dust in people's drawers. That's not great recognition. Mm. Anymore, it was hmm. not its day. It's not anymore. Hmm. And so, when you can take these big awards, which are still important, but you can break that down into more daily, consistent, frequent, you know, recognitions, that's what keeps the fuel alive. That's what keeps you know a, you know burnout from from entering the equations because people know that what they're doing matters. Ah, now. Jeff, I could go on for days on this because you have to have alignment between what you think winning looks like and what your manager thinks winning looks like.
0: Without a doubt. And so now I've got another question. Like you obviously need a blend. Obviously you need a blend. But this peer-to-peer thing almost feels like it's a different kind of social network, right? It's almost like a social network, like uh, being recognized by your peers. It's a whole different thing that, I can see why that becomes powerful quickly.
1: Crowdsource appreciation, man. Yeah. Crowdsource your appreciation. And it allows everyone to, to join in. And, you know, old school HR, old school philosophy, um, they have they have some heartburn with that. They're concerned about what might get shared or, or what might get said. And it's like, man, just embrace it. If you'll just embrace it and get out of the way, your culture will explode. It's awesome. Um
0: but i'm just sitting on this real fast i feel like there's one last thing i want to discuss before we go to the cultural side of things because i think it's a great way to finish um you you mentioned passion factors and stress factors and i've talked about that on the show before so some of our listeners will be familiar with that um i you know we, stress factors are always there it's part of what i mean that's why we call it work and not play i think they are more present in sales than any other one because there's so mm-hmm. many variables like I mean, man, sales, sales is not for the faint of heart. It's the greatest profession, but it's, we're, we're misunderstood by, it takes one of us to understand one (laughs) of us. Right.
1: Is that fair to say? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Like if current conversation is just like, why doesn't everyone else have productivity metrics? Like, like sales does. Like we do. Yeah. Like we do. Yeah. Absolutely. Why why
0: doesn't everybody put 50% of their comp at risk every year? Right. (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. we won 't uh, that 's not what this yeah, about. yeah yeah yeah
1: um,
0: and so i 'm thinking about that and, and say this idea of balancing passion factors and stress factors i, I 'm glad you brought it up because I think that this is important enough this will take us into culture. How big of a deal is that for a leader to understand how to do that at the individual level is is that like do it if you i mean like how how important like, again, you live in this world every every day. Your yes. company, you, you have more of these conversations than probably anybody listening to this ever will.
1: Well, I, you know, it ties a lot into what we talked about earlier. The importance to, to be observational and know your team okay. is, is that job I believe has always, always been in place. Yes. I it agree. just, it just seems more relevant and urgent today. Okay. And I, I think people will be surprised. I was surprised. To learn about what what some of my team members are passionate about and what their why is, and you know at our at our sales kickoff this year you know we, we had a pretty fun um, cry fest with everybody as we talked about what what our why is and uh, you know a lot of our team have been together for a few years now and we learned some things about each other and so it's like what what is driving and motivating us and what is what are we passionate about and we and we took all of the things and time c- tried to create a theme from that and what we realized is that we really love working together as a team and when one wins we win and so we created this cool sweatshirt that's got our, our, our company logo on it but on the back and it's only my team that has this this sweatshirt that's hashtag team together. And like when it. we see that, like they, they walk in or if I see them on a zoom call and I see that they're wearing that, like, it's this special bond and connection that, that means something to us. No one else gets it. They think, oh, that's cool. Swag. How come we don't have that? It's Cause you're not on my team. That's not why a salesperson. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. <laughs> um, but, but we, we understand what that means because we spent the time to get to know what it meant. And, and so I think, you know, it, it. It takes effort. Here's here's the the challenge and the problem. The speed of business, the speed of sales. Good gracious. Today is October fifteenth. You know, it it, you look at how fast time goes by. We're six weeks away from the new year. That's not correct. How many weeks away are too damn close. We're we're, too close to the to the new year. Yeah. We're 10 weeks away from from the, yeah. the new year. We're so focused on what's right in front of us and the pressure of quotas, the pressure of numbers. Like, yeah, that's that's the, that's the stress and pressure of sales that you have to slow down and understand who's on your team and what motivates them. Because if that's not aligned with the goals and objectives of the organization, you're screwed.
0: Man, I'm glad you brought that up because it's true. We are in a world where we have to be Ricky Bobby. We're told we got to go fast. <laughs>
1: you know, it doesn't matter what we did,
0: man. Whatever we did, the, the, he comes back. You hit your number. They come back and push the more button. We need yeah. you to do more, 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 more. We need, we need more, 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 more. Yeah. So we are so focused on hitting that number and we feel so much pressure on hitting it. It's easy to say the speed of how we adapt, how we sell and how we connect with our customers and how we you know, get deals done, et cetera, could make it so it's easy to forget that we also need to look at the speed at which we connect to those yeah. lead because we want our reps to connect with our prospects, right? Yeah. And our customers, we as leaders, we got to have that same level of connection, if not greater level of connection with those we
1: lead. That's exactly right. That is so great. Hey, and Speed of Trust, we're going to give a shout out to a book here. Yep, Speed yep. of Trust is a great book that gives anybody a good structure and, 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 a, and a great skeletal structure for how to incorporate that into your be, into your daily routines. Great, so, great book there. Can I, can I sidebar on just something real quick? Yes, yep. do it. Love it. Because I think there's ownership on an individual as, as well. Like we talk a lot about leaders on, on this podcast and what's the burden of the leader and what's the responsibility of the leader. Uh, you know, customers and employees are, are really similar and they take whatever value we've given and delivered to them and they absorb it in, into, the, into their world and it becomes now their, their new norm. It becomes what their expectation is. I also think an opportunity for leaders is to remind your team members what we've done for them, what their world looks like today compared to what it did at the beginning of the year or at the beginning of their start date. You know, I, I think this, this whole uh, great resignation or this great sh- shuffle, like, oh. if, if we can help people remember what their passions were and what our goals and objectives are and how well we align. Uh, we can do a lot to prevent turnover. We can do a lot to throw fuel on the passion factor and, you know, maybe pull a little bit away from the stress factors when they remember what value we've added and and how we've helped them grow and to, and to, to pause for just a moment and reflect on that growth. I, the speed of business sometimes prevents that and, and i think that's an opportunity for leaders to slow down and, and help people celebrate their growth celebrate their journey more yeah. more intentionally so i'm
0: glad you said that let's sit on that and then we're going to start to wrap okay i can't believe we're down to our final 10 minutes it's crazy i'm <laughs> i'm pissed because i won't get you back on for another three years because uh, because you guys are growing too fast <laughs> to do too much it takes me three years i gotta oh. book you three years out oh, i love um, it um So we had Dr. Uh, Garland Vance on a few weeks ago, by the way, for all of our listeners, uh, that is the number one most downloaded show in the first week of our show's history. And he talked about, holy crap. he he talked about getting unbusy. He talked about like avoiding burnout. And he Mm. said, one of the four things, the core four R's that people that are good at this do is what you just said. They reflect what you just talked about was reflection. Your passion factor is this, this is where your growth has come from. And so, I love that you brought that up, Brad. I think that this is something that goes to culture. We should have a part of our culture that not only do we chase growth and we choose growth, but we recognize growth as it happens. Yes. Uh, that's a you know, Reflection, I think, is a great way to see those opportunities for recognition. And one of my favorite tactics is using switchbacks. And so if you're climbing a, like a, a hike, like at my youngest son hates hiking. He hates it so bad. And I took him down south where we live in Utah to Zions and we were on a hike and we got to a point where he said, I can't go any farther. And I came to find out afterwards because he saw that he had Wi-Fi on his phone again. So he just wanted to sit there <laughs> and, um, and he said, you guys keep going. I'll wait for you to come back. And, um, so I ended up waiting with him while the rest of the group went on. Cause there was no way I was going to leave him. But I learned that we were taking too direct of a route. Mm-hmm. So for the next hike, we did one that had more switchbacks. Yeah. And we intentionally stopped on the switchbacks and we did what you just said, Brad. We said, wow, crew, look how far we've come. Yeah. Can you believe, look how far we've come? Look how far it is. I wasn't saying, look how steep the next one is. It yep. was, look how far we've come. And I think that's such an incredible part of, of culture. Not only to say we choose growth, but you're going to take an active role in helping them grow. And that reflection of where have you had accomplishment, Right. Yes. What are the lessons that you've learned and what do you think you can do next as a result? I, that's that's exactly energizing. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's exactly right. And, and I think that that's very relevant to our first topic because grass is always greener. And so people are looking around and they're hearing stories and they think the world's going to be so much different and better at that next gig but if they just stop and pause for just a moment and, and reflect on what's got them to this point in the first place, uh, they might remember and fall back in love with uh, what, what their passions were to begin with. And, and I think that if, if we, if we do that more frequently, you have a better chance of keeping them, you know, tethered to, to the mission and vision. And, you know, that's not always going to p- be the case, but we're trying to stack the odds.
0: That's, I think that's like one of the best, that's, that might be one of the most easy fixes for us to do actually as I think about that. Create those reflective moments. This is this is what, you know, you said you were you're passionate about. Look at these are the things that you've done. This is how far you've come. That's a yeah. moment that creates energy. That's a moment yeah, that and, matters.
1: Well, and I think most people will naturally think of there's a couple of times that that naturally happens. You look at birthdays and anniversaries back to recognition. You look at birthdays and work anniversaries. Those are natural switchbacks if you will that what that employees are pausing and reflecting as a leader if you wait for that switchback it's too late it's Mm. like a customer renewal if if you wait for the renewal to create an epiphany of value it's too late so so what are you doing earlier what milestones are you creating again one-on-one should be a brilliant opportunity that maybe it's once a quarter or, or once a month that you pause and, and have, incorporate that into your one on one discussion. But at, at a minimum, once a quarter, um, don't wait for the annual anniversary. It's like, like annual performance reviews are the biggest joke in the world, right? right. The, the recency bias is pathetic. This and, is and,
0: my time to get a raise. That's how they look yeah, at it. That's always yep yep, yep.
1: yep. yep. So I, I think we can incorporate more frequent miles, milestones that engage us in those, like, 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 let's engineer those switchbacks more frequently. And help align expectations on both sides. And, and it helps them remember the value you've added, the growth that you've helped create together, their contribution in that growth, your contribution in that growth. And here's where we want to go next. Let's help you get there.
0: I love it. I love everything about what you just said. And I... I mean, I feel like I can comment on that, Brad, because I've worked with enough leaders. I don't think very many leaders actually create that experience that you just that you just described.
1: Well, um, hey, it's not I'm not perfect. So, listeners, look, work in progress. Right. It's way easier said than done. So <laughs> don't call my team and say, hey, how Brad? how's Brad doing this? Because they will say, well, some might think he's great. Some might think he sucks. Right. But work in progress.
0: Yeah, I just I like the idea of making that part of our leadership process right? I, I feel very few companies and very few leaders have the benefit. Like our sales reps have a sales process, but as leaders, we need a leadership process. That's one of my yeah. favorite things to help people make. And and an element that I'll be honest, I haven't put into that leadership process is that reflection moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start adding that. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I think that is a really great moment to engineer on purpose. With whatever frequency makes sense. Yeah. All right. We're down to our last kind of five minutes. So um, I want to give you opportunity to just kind of I'm not even going to do the rapid fire. Brad's already answered biggest sales leadership challenge. He's already said interview question. He's already said book. You met another one today with speed of trust. Go listen to Brad. He's already answered those for you. I want to finish a different way because uh, you're a repeat guy. Um, first, let's talk about how do they get more of you? How do they learn about Motivosity? How do they learn about you? How do they connect with you? All those things. And then when that's done, I want to come back to our final thought. Like, is there like two or three things you'd say to our leaders? If they want to build this culture of recognition, if they want to build this culture of appreciation. If they want to build this into their leadership DNA, are there two or three things you would say, start doing these things right now? There's a good way to finish. So I, I think that's going to use our time really nicely. So why don't you start by how do they get more of you? How do they get more of more Motivosity? And then we'll have your final thoughts.
1: Yeah, awesome. Uh, LinkedIn's best best way to get a hold of me. Uh, so just, just find me on LinkedIn. Um, Brad at Motivocity.com is good good email, but, but uh, LinkedIn is, is great. Motivocity.com. Uh, we, we've got a great presence online. I've got a great social presence on on LinkedIn as well. Really fun brand, uh, follow our our VP of marketing has a, has a really, uh, great, um, presence as, as well. So our, our brand is, is, is fun. It's, it's a little snarky. It's, it's, it's a little, you know, I don't know. Some people have fine friction with it, but you'll enjoy following our brand, um, yeah, we're doing a lot of things right. And we're doing a lot of, you know, the market is, is contributing to that right right now. But, but we, we love the impact that we have. And we know that it's working because we're nine years in and we still have customers that we had nine years ago.
0: Well, um, and I've our, seen
1: your product. This is one of those times that like, I don't do this very often on the
0: show because I don't like to. I, don't, I just like it to be about the leadership side. But I'll tell you, I've seen your product. I've seen it. I, I've also talked to, as you know, some of your customers that have used your product, and yeah. it's legit, man. I mean, it's it's a great it's a great tool. It's yeah. a great resource,
1: so yeah. and it's what gives us confidence when we talk to people. It's like, look, you're not buying software. You're you're buying outcomes, and the and the software just facilitates those. And a lot of software companies might be able to you know claim certain that same things or similar things, but it's it's our customers' experiences that give us the confidence that we have, and knows that you know. Helps us know that we're we're on the right track, uh, and we're trying to accelerate accelerate our pace along that track. So, you know, we've got like you said earlier, some incredible uh, awards that we've been uh, honored to win, and we're we're anxious for our continued growth. Um, well, I have no doubt that's going to happen.
0: So that's how they get a hold of you. I've I've told them if you haven't checked out that you know go go check it out. I mean, you guys are easy to work with, and you work with big companies, you work with small companies, and they all have a great experience. Let's get back now your final thoughts. So for our listeners that want to do a better job of like, I have a bunch of notes here, man. I, I I have filled up two pages on you right here. Okay. And um, so some of the words that I wrote down are, you know, when you said, Hey, you think you're working enough on connection, work harder and creating these moments of switchbacks and, you know, benefiting from the power of peer recognition. And, you know, this idea of, of connection isn't new. It's something we've always needed to do, but we've had to modify how we do it. Any thoughts around like staying close? Cause you also said the speed, anything that wraps those things up and say, Hey, here's two or three things. Do these things right now, add these things to your leadership DNA. And as a result, you'll benefit from that, that number one driver of engagement. I mean, that's such a big number. You can't overlook it, right?
1: Yeah, you can't. Um, First and foremost, be disciplined and consistent with your one-on-ones. They are sacred. Don't let them get bumped. Nothing is of more importance or a higher priority than that sacred time in, in your one-on-one. And I've got a whole philosophy on on yeah. how to you know, execute that, that, ro- that one-on-one and to rotate it to make it, it relevant. But in that time, are you allowing them to contribute to the agenda? Are you relevant and impactful? In what way are you relevant? In what way are you, are you impactful? Like again, we could have a whole other session on just, just that, but yep. that is sacred time. Protect and preserve your, your one-on-one time. Outside of that, just make a little scorecard for yourself. Are you making an emotional connection with each member on your team every week? And maybe weekly is not enough. So how well do you know each member on your team? And are you being deliberate and intentional with those emotional connections? Man, you start there. They will, they will run through walls for you. And that might sound like pretty cliched or or nothing new, but it Mm -hmm. takes a ton of effort to make authentic connections.
0: Okay. That's it, man. I love it. What a great conversation. I, I can't believe that our time is up. Brad, as a friend, but also as a colleague in the sales leadership world, thank you for what you're doing to help sales leaders all around the world. I appreciate what you guys are doing as a company and what you're doing individually. Uh, He's Brad Jensen. He's the VP of sales at Motivocity. Um, He's helping people find ways to connect so they get opportunities to correct and then look back and relish and accomplishments together. Uh, Doing great things at Motivocity. If you haven't connected with them, do it. If you haven't checked out how they're doing, do it. Brad, my man, thanks for your friendship. Thanks for your uh, working and what we do. And as I say to everybody, happy selling. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I got to thank my friends at Scipio for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Texting is one of the last platforms where you can really differentiate how you engage your customers. There is no doubt in my mind that texting needs to be part of the modern sales process. I've really dug into Scipio's product, and I love it. Since we've started this partnership with Scipio, I've had several sales managers hit me up and tell me just how much they like the Scipio platform. Its simplicity, its powerful features, and the impact that comes when texting is done right, I'm telling you it makes this tool a no-brainer for the modern salesperson. Listen, not all text messaging platforms are created equal. And if you're looking to engage more with your clients, and if you're looking to get more prospects to your demos and discovery meetings, start using Scipio. Scipio's platform is the most powerful, most personal one I've ever seen. And it's just that simple. I know the team personally. I know they'll give you an amazing experience. Take advantage of a free month with no strings. Compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Head over to Scipio.com and tell them I sent you by using the code ROB on the sign up page. You'll be blown away by how quickly The right text platform can change the game for the members of your team. Now, this podcast is also brought to you by my company, the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders and you've been left to figure out your sales leadership system on your own, then I'd love to talk to you. While there's no shortcuts to success, you can get there faster if you take the most direct route. And if you like the content of this podcast, I think you'll love the content in my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. It's like the Home Depot, but for sales leaders. With my very best content, over 100 hours of training materials, you can find every single thing you need in Sales Leadership United. And if you've never had a coach in your corner, now is really a great time to give it a try. Because the greatest performers in the world in every discipline invest in themselves. The leaders I'm coaching, they're all having the best year of their careers as we find those small improvements that create huge impact. Save your most precious resource, your time. Small improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. And if you can win just a little more, just a little faster, you'll create massive results. If you want to find those small advantages that create massive results, hit me up today. Now, Brad Jensen, one of the really great sales coaches and sales leaders that I've ever met. He's done amazing work helping build Motivosity. I've watched it from the, I had a front row seat to watch what he does. They've grown consistently, and they are growing really, really fast right now. And it hasn't been an accident. It's been super cool to watch a great company led by great people do great work. And I think that Motivosity's growth is a huge testament to the importance of the problem that they solve. Because this problem is a problem every single sales leader needs to solve and keep solving. So this idea of how you connect and how you recognize and you help people fall in love with their job over and over again. This is a really important job for a sales leader. We we can't just say, hey, you know, figure it out. Too many people say that. We have to connect with people and give them a great experience that will help them have life-changing years. And so <clears throat> Brad pointed this out early and he pointed it out throughout the whole episode. I, I want to talk about it for a second here. This isn't a new role. We've all had this, op- this responsibility for a long time. It's just changed, and it's become more visible, and it's become more important than it's ever been. So how do you tap into the things that make a person go? How do you connect to those things and create alignment? Because it isn't the job of the rep to align their ambitions with the needs of the company. I think the most important thing we can remember that Brad reminds us of Is that we gotta be very committed to remaining aligned. So we gotta not only get into alignment, but we gotta stay aligned to what the people on your team care about because they change and they change so fast. You know, there's so many reasons that it changes. Some you know, we got pandemic that's happened, and and the whole world has changed very, very quickly. There's health and there's um, there's work and there's there's home life, and there's all kinds of things that have changed. And as a result, the aspirations and the things these members of your team care about, they likely have changed as the world around them changes. And because sales requires us to move at such a fast speed, right? Like I said on there, we got to be Ricky Bobby. We have to go fast. The faster we go barreling down that road that we're required to go down, the faster we're going to get out of alignment if we, if we don't take the time to make sure that we are aligning. We have to connect before we correct. You've heard me say that many times if you've listened to the show. It's so important because as we move fast, we'll, we'll end up moving away from people the faster we go if we're not careful. So Brad, thanks for reminding us that the whole person matters more than just the salesperson. Thanks for reminding us that the connection with the individual matters and it matters a lot. So connect, stay connected, put people first. Listen, it's easy to say that but it's really hard to do. So make this a point of emphasis right now. Make it a point of emphasis this week. Make it something that you recommit to and you make changes to do because it's been a tough year for a lot of people. If there's one thing you get from this episode today, I hope it is that you want to stay connected. Find ways to help them experience recognition in an authentic but meaningful way. But I guess I should have said ways, plural. Um, recognition from their peers, recognition from you, recognition from their customers. Find ways to shine the light on people that are getting it right. Learn, you know, find ways to do that so you can showcase it, um, model it, show everyone what awesome looks like. Um, but, but make that a point of emphasis because I'm telling you, the stakes are just so high. This is a culture you want to intentionally create. One of the reasons that I really connected with Brad's suggestion about the peer-to-peer recognition element is because I think that sometimes we as sales leaders, we're good at at celebrating the wins and the people that beat quotas, but we sometimes unintentionally devalue all the things that led to the finish line. Because in in sales, we have to have finish line mentality. It's it's something I get. It's something that we always will celebrate and we, we don't celebrate prematurely. But these jobs of getting to this finish line, they, they, they have lots of little things that happen along the way that sometimes are overlooked and as a result, devalued. So when these things are identified, celebrated, and recognized, that goes a long way. Make sure you're creating the kind of culture that creates motivated teammates. Do everything you can to keep that flame burning. Don't let that flame burn out. Instead, put the fuel on it that lets it burn bright because it powers all kinds of amazing things for you and every member of your team. So Brad, my man, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for sharing your insights about how recognition has changed in the modern sales world and why it matters so much. I love your passion. I love how into this topic you are. I'm so grateful that you chose to join me today and appreciate what you're doing right now to help create life-changing years to the teams that understand recognition done right. And if you haven't connected with Brad Jensen yet, hit him up. Connect with him. You'll be glad you did. Thanks also to Scipio. If you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to Scipio.com and take advantage of their free 30-day trial by using the tool for yourself. Go to the sign-up link, enter the code ROB, and start communicating with the prospects the way they want to be communicated with. You'll get results faster than you may have ever thought possible. Finally, Thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give to me is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it and be elite, live strong, chase your passions, and don't worry, just execute because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the sales leadership podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The sales leadership podcast is brought to you by the Jepson performance group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at dot And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.